Hello and welcome to the Eternity Project podcast. My name is Matt Corrigan and I'll be your host along with my wife Esther. Eternity Project is a UK-based Catholic ministry sharing the teaching of John Paul II's Theology of the Body. We really believe that this teaching can change hearts, lives, families and even society as a whole. Today we're going to be looking at original nakedness, exploring the vulnerability of sharing not just our bodies but our souls with one another and the reward of fostering true intimacy as a result. Let's take a listen. So what are we talking about today? So today we are talking about the final element of original existence. So John Paul talks about a number of these different elements. So far, we've looked at original solitude. We've looked at original unity. And this time we're on to original nakedness. Yeah, and this comes from the part of Genesis where we read that Adam and Eve were, quote, naked but did not feel shame. Phrase we've heard probably a few times. And we're going to explain it. We're going to look into it today. Mm-hmm. When I think of these of this of this phrase... There are two obvious misconceptions that come to mind. Uh, The first one being that we think of Adam and Eve as being these naked but not ashamed people. We think of like, were they nudists? Were they exhibitionists? Did they, you know, just like to hang hang it all out? And, (laughs) you know, uh, well, that's what it sounds like, doesn't it? They were naked but not ashamed. It makes you think of... Yeah, they've got no shame. Like, you know, anyway, moving on from that. Um, (laughs) But they weren't. But also the other misconception that comes to mind is the idea that they were in some way immature or psychologically underdeveloped. We might think of children who love to run around Mm -hmm. naked. I can think of one in particular who loves to run around naked. He has no shame. Is he like Adam and Eve? Also no. So if that's the case, Esther, what do we mean by this original nakedness? Right, so... Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point, actually. You know, it's not that they were just flaunting themselves and it's also not that they didn't understand that they should have shame. It's mm. that there was no shame to be had in their view of each other and in their view of themselves. So essentially what we're talking about with original nakedness is the idea of Adam and Eve seeing rightly and being seen. So, you know, nowadays when we, we are not in that position of original nakedness, it's very easy for us to say, actually, I don't really want to be seen. So I'm going to cover myself either physically or also emotionally. I'm not going to tell somebody how I felt about that because I don't want to open myself up to any more pain or humiliation or whatever Mm. the emotions might be. But with Adam and Eve, nothing was hidden because nothing was corrupt. So Adam and Eve had such a great intimacy between them that they didn't feel the need to put a barrier between themselves. So they didn't feel the need to physically cover themselves so that there was something preventing that intimacy. So we see that they are seeing rightly mm-hmm. because there was nothing corrupt, as you say. Yeah. But if that's the case, what were they seeing? Because what we see right. is a slightly corrupted view with our you know, our, our experience of sin. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, actually, yeah, that's a really good question because we only know, I suppose, the corrupted version. So Adam and Eve's version of what they saw in each other was that they 
they saw each other body and soul. In what they saw, the body was not a thing by itself. And if you think about it, they covered their body or one might cover the body mm. because the body is seen as bad. The body is being judged. But before original sin came into play, Adam and Eve didn't see the body by itself. They saw truly a whole person, which is body and soul. So they saw a whole person made in the image and likeness of God, which means that they saw God through each other effectively. Mm. You know, and Jesus even actually makes reference to this when he shares the Beatitudes later on in the Gospels. One of those Beatitudes is blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And this is what he's getting at there. So he's talking about if, if we are pure in heart, which was what we were intended to be at the very beginning, then we shall see God because we look at each other in the right sense with the purity of vision that isn't judging and that isn't allowing shame to take hold. And we're, we're not separating body and soul. So when we are pure in heart, as Adam and Eve were at this point in time, they can not just look at somebody and, and their vision is like blocked at the body. So if you think about, you know, like when you have one of those infrared lights that you can shine around mm. the room and it will stop on the, the nearest solid object to yeah. it. It doesn't shine through it. That's like what our vision is of people. When we look at people, our vision can stop at the body. Like, like it's a, a physical barrier stopping us to see stopping us from seeing within when Adam and Eve looked at each other their vision went beyond that it had no barrier it had no limit so they looked at the body they looked into the body to the soul and straight through each other to a vision of God which was what each other was reflecting to themselves mm. this is such a key teaching actually in theology mm. of the body isn't it that theologically the Catholic Church has always held that we are created body and soul, but John yeah. Paul gives us this language, doesn't he, to help us understand that, which is really important. And it's really beautiful to be able to understand that intimacy that they would have experienced. Mm -hmm. However, it's also at this point that he brings in the experience of shame. And so we begin to cross or come to the threshold between original man and historical man. Historical man is man with the experience of sin. Now, we haven't got to that just yet, but we will do soon. John Paul calls this moment, he calls it a boundary moment. So this moment being the entrance of sin, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that, that sort of change from original to historical man. Um, and this shows us that there are differences between historical and original man. And that key difference is the experience of shame. Now, we're not going to look at this in detail right now. We're going to look at that later on. But it's important to recognise that John Paul is, is drawing our attention to this idea. This, this key difference between original and historical man is this experience of shame. So just to double check my understanding of that, actually. So what you're saying there, or what John Paul is saying, is the scripture tells us that Adam and Eve were naked without shame mm -hmm. and at the point that sin entered shame entered yeah and that's when they covered themselves exactly right yeah i'm with you yeah we see that don't we in the story of, of adam and Eve towards the end that they they cover themselves mm -hmm. because they're afraid and it's, it's a really interesting question isn't it you think what were they afraid of yeah um but anyway we're going to come on to that later yes. so um original nakedness let's make the theological 
practical. This is what we love to do. One thing that really came to me when thinking about this topic is the idea of intimacy. We've mentioned that word a few times, but a good friend of ours who is going to be, well, no, he is a, a CFR, a Franciscan friar of the renewal. He liked to talk about intimacy and split it up into three little words. Instead of one word, he called it into me see. And he linked it to the film Avatar. Have you ever seen that um, James Cameron sort of epic film, where the the avatars, when they when they see each other, they see they say I see you, but that experience of I see you is not intended to mean you know I can see you, mm-hmm. you know you're not hidden or, or whatever. It was partly that, but it was also this idea that I see you, I see your heart, I see your soul. And, um, and he links that idea to the idea of intimacy and seeing each other rightly that we've talked about. And so I think it's really important that we understand that it is when we truly see another person, not just their body, although recognizing the goodness of a person's body. Mm-hmm. But it's when we see the person not just for their body that we can foster true intimacy. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think the, the issue that I can see with that is that. You know, I spoke before about our vision now stopping at the body. Mm. So how do we get around that barrier to our vision? It's not as yeah. easy as saying, I want intimacy, so I choose to not be a victim of original sin. I choose that original nakedness. Yeah. It, it, it's that's not a, not a luxury that we have. <laughs> you know, that, that's the situation that we're in as humanity. But what this does speak to me of is is the idea of intentional sharing. So this is something that, we had a lot of encouragement around a lot of teaching on when Matt and I were, were part of a missional community. But it is also something that we're, we're very conscious to invest in now. Hmm. So aside from our relationship with each other, we both have an accountability partner. So what I mean by that is a, a particular person who we are very intentional with in our conversations. So making time for conversation with them and being very clear on on what it is that we want to bring to those conversations and thinking about how much are we willing to share so the theory is that in these relationships of accountability there should be no barrier Mm. to what we are willing to share of ourselves and another example is an idea of brotherhood and sisterhood as we used to call it in community Mm. but really spending time with with people of the same sex and sharing in that situation so for example matt at the moment has a men's prayer group that he will share with i have a catholic mother's group so a group of women that will share our spiritual reflections will share our kind of emotional state week (laughs) on week um and also our sins and our failings as Mm. well and that's a really key part of it and this idea of of sort of sharing intentionally it's the way that we bear our soul Mm. so at the moment we look at each other and we see bodies we have no access to the soul unless we permit it and our only way of doing that is to express literally verbally what's going on on the inside that's the only way that people can see us and know us fully yeah. body and soul in that yeah, way it's like body, body language isn't it yeah how do you know that you're sad angry happy absolutely you look at your body yeah we, we are showing it in some way mm. we have to actually physically share that with people And the beauty of this kind of sharing is that when I share my soul, share my emotions with somebody, what I'm saying is there is more to me. There's more to me than than what you see when you first look at me. 
And when we invite somebody else to do the same, what we're saying to them is, I believe there's more to you as well. So this is, uh, this is our quest for intimacy, if mm. you like, our invitation to intimacy. When we give somebody that space and that time, and, and I suppose the safe space to share with us comfortably, what we're, we're, we're really saying to them is, I don't know you yet. Yeah. I don't know what's beyond the body yet, but I believe already that there is more to you and I want to know it. Mm. Yeah. I want to just share a little bit more on that, about how that practically looks within our our relationship and our mm. lives. So for us, every Sunday is date night. This is one way that we practically schedule in an opportunity for us to grow in intimacy we don't necessarily do it every Sunday because sometimes things happen um, maybe we want to go out and do something or go for a walk or maybe there's a, a something we want to watch together but we, we we make that time it's it's in our calendar it's in our diary to spend time together and that it can include a number of things. It might be watching a video, uh, yeah, some sort of formational video. But yes, yeah, so w- watching something. Bible study, for that example. Will, yeah, something, yeah. That, something that will feed our faith in some way. Also, it'll normally involve a bit of sharing. Yeah. Normally sharing things like things I'm sorry for, things you're sorry for, things that we'd like the, you know, to to do as a as a family, and and also. Um, sorry, thank you, please. What have I missed? Thank you. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> uh, thank you. What what things can I honor and thank my wife for? You know, how can I say I saw you this week? Right. You know, I yeah. saw into you that you did this with our son or you did this for me or you did this just because it was a good thing and the right thing mm-hmm. to do. And we try and do that for each other to um, to foster that true intimacy mm. in our marriage. We've been pretty rubbish at it recently. If we're going to be really honest about it. But that's what we aim for. And also, I just want to talk briefly about accountability partners as well. Because I, I cannot stress how important mm. this has been for my life. My um, One of my absolute best friends, we meet every six, eight weeks or so. Um, we, we have a little check-in every Sunday. Again, actually, we've been pretty terrible about that as well. I'm sure <laughs> I hope you won't mind me saying that. I think that's fair in in the time that the world is in. I think things are up in the air, aren't they? But the importance of having a man, a brother, to say things to me like, how's your prayer life? How is your relationship with the Lord? When was the last time you went to confession? This is the kicker. Is there anything that you don't want to say to me? That's Mm -hmm. one thing we, we have to put to each other every now and then. And it's difficult and it's embarrassing mm-hmm. sometimes. But to know that the other person loves you like a brother, um, like a sister, to know that they care for you, that is a place of, of intimacy where that can help us grow in our relationship with mm-hmm. the Lord. It can help us grow in our relationships outside of those um, those deep friendships. Mm-hmm. And they, they have been so key for me in my journey with God. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, really recommend to anyone listening, get yourself someone who you can be that honest with. And this is, this is really our way of reclaiming original nakedness, isn't yeah. it? It's saying, you mentioned that that's difficult. It is. It's incredibly uncomfortable sometimes. And we're giving somebody permission to challenge us and to tell us that we're wrong about things. Mm. 
But what we're doing is cultivating that safe place that Adam and mm. Eve had with each other in the beginning, mm. where there was no shame, there was mm. no fear, because we trust this person to raise our faults without mm. judgment and mm. only because they love us and they want us to do better. Yeah. And I cannot tell you the fruits that that has borne in my life, in my relationship with, uh, with God. And so we want to leave you with a question. I suppose the first question is, is there someone in my life that I can share these uh, these deep things mm. with? And another question, just for personal reflection, is how much of my life am I willing to share with a trusted friend? Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to head over to our website, eternityproject.co.uk, where you can sign up to receive updates on all of our new content, including podcasts, blog posts, and other spiritual reflections on theology of the body. Please also consider giving us a five-star review on whatever podcast app you use and sharing our work with your friends and family. Spread the word. We'll see you next time.